everyone. I'm Kelsey Litchfield, joined by Jennifer Campbell and Karen Corrigan, and this is Girls Talk Ad. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a hot minute. When's the last time we recorded? I don't know. There's been a lot of life happening. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a quick catch up. How are you guys doing? What's been going on? My house is a mess. Instead of hiring a painter, I decided to paint because apparently I have no brain anymore. Um, cows are starting to calve. I don't know. It's wet. We have had, I, I'm a little, I, I try not to get mad at the weather because I know you can't do anything about it, but we have had a fairly dry winter and not, not that we're hurting for water, but, but we've had a dry winter. And now that the calves are starting to come, it just buckets out of the sky. So now I have calves, cows standing in mud and. See, I don't know that we've been dry, but we certainly didn't have snow, but it seems to me like it's been raining for years. But. Well, when I say dry, I'm not a weather person or I don't know what's going on, but I know that my cattle lots have stayed fairly. I mean, I've been able to put out hay without getting a tractor hung up or getting muddy. I've, you know, my cows haven't been, you know, belly deep in mud. I, when I go out to my cattle lots, it's been a fairly decent winter, you know. It is possible lot. that my two little doodles have found like the only like six inches of mud in the entire county. Yeah. Repeatedly, but yeah, it just seems like they're always muddy. Yeah. So I, so I, I guess weather-wise, I'm not, you know, a weather person saying that it's been a dry winter, but for us, I feel like last year when we, all winter long we just battled mud and you know every time I put out round bales I was you know axle deep in the tractor and and I don't feel like it was that way this winter and I was very I, I was even able to clean all the cow pins out this year and haul manure on the fields which which made calving a lot was going to make calving a lot better but now all the rain came and I feel like I'm back in mud season but that's just me being dramatic probably mud will be i i'd rather have okay maybe i won't say this but sometimes i'm like i'd rather have rain than snow no this time of year maybe i won't i won't yeah i don't really want snow right now but never uh, want to wish the rain away no no heck no are you ready for planting kelsey um i think almost um i'm not i need a mental break here for a little bit <laughs> chris's plan is always to have everything ready to go and pointed towards you know the road we're ready to go well i think that could go on for ever um to be one but we um we'll put new sealers on the anhydrous applicator and um oh okay so the biggest thing just sharing with the world here or, you know, my mom who listens and you too, but, um, Cole is home. Oh yeah. Cole moved, Cole. Well, he didn't move back home, but he, um, he, uh, joined the back home to farm full time. I, I don't want to say he like quit Reynolds, but he did, he did quit his tech ag tech job. And, um, so we, we've been kind of, that's been kind of nice. Why did he decide to quit just because he wanted to come home and farm or Okay. So, so the whole goal, I, I don't, I don't know if we've discussed this or not. The whole goal was when he graduated high school was, um, he wanted to farm, but my thing has always been, 
we live in a highly urbanized area, warehouses going up, ground is getting, you know, ground is getting tight, farm ground is getting tight. We, you need a backup plan. Mm -hmm. I, I want you to farm your entire life. That's what he wants. But I'm telling you right now, we're getting, I think we need to be prepared for a backup plan. Nothing wrong with that. So his, his goal was to go uh, be a John Deere ag tech. Um, he was going to go to Vincennes to um, the John Deere ag tech program down there, which was a two-year program. And you have to have a, a John Deere corporate sponsorship to go. So like a dealership has to sponsor you to go down there. They don't really pay for it, but they say, hey, we think this is a, this person is a valuable asset and we'd like to have them in the future. So Reynolds said, definitely. Um, and the spring break before he graduated, they said, um, why don't you come over and work spring break with us? And um, he said, okay, fine. So he went over and worked for a whole week over there. And we got ready to do all the paperwork and getting ready to go to Vincennes. And he'd already been accepted. And Reynolds called and said, um, whoa, uh, we want you to come work for us. We'll put you through dealership training, which is the same programs as down basically actually they're better programs but he's what they told him was was that when you go down to Vincennes you're going to get in a class like 101 this is a John Deere tractor this is where the key is this is how we start a tractor and then work from there when you go straight over to John Deere John Deere's ag tech program you go straight into like their um, motors and combines and all of that stuff. so he took a job with Reynolds and the goal was the John Deere tech program at Vincent's. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Am I talking too fast? No, you're, uh, you're giving good backstory to it. The, the John Deere tech program down at Vincent's uh, is a two-year program. And so we sat down and talked about him going to work for Reynolds. And I, the goal was two years, the same as college, the same as the program, get that training, get that, that ag tech background. And then, um, and, and work for Reynolds for two years. Um, and, and that was good. They, they knew his plan was to eventually come back home. Um, so it, it was going fine. And then my father-in-law died, um, mm -hmm. which was obviously not in anyone's plans. Um, and we made it through the fall and we, and we made it through winter. And the more we got to thinking about spring and what we wanted to do around here to, you know, keep building the farm and do that his two years wouldn't have been up till August. Um, we talked and decided to have him go ahead and come home. That's what he wanted to do. That's what we needed done and wanted him to do. So as of March 1st, he's full-time here at Campbell Farming LLC. So long story longer, that is what we did. And so I'm very excited to have him home because mm -hmm. Chris's dad literally worked all the time anyway. Um, but as he got older, he was, you know, slowing down and what he could do and what. And so basically I was the workforce to help Chris around here. So it's been very nice having Cole back home. Mm -hmm. um, he's already um, put a new turbo on a tractor that was going out, one of the planting tractors. He's, you know, got everything. He did all of the sealers on the anhydrous bar. And I mean, it's just, it's been a godsend really. Mm -hmm. So you've been living the life of luxury leisure. Yeah, that's me living the life of luxury, painting my own kitchen. Um, so it's been nice because we will be much more ready to go because he is so 
so good at that shop work, that making sure those tractors are where they need to be to go to the field and, and, and look not just running right, but looking good. And, you know, the planter, and he's so good with the tech um, that he's not having to do it, you know, after he gets home from John Deere, but, you know, he's, we got the tech up and running and, and everything. I, mm -hmm. today we tied in I don't don't even ask me because I barely understood what they were talking about. But our crop insurance now will be able to go through our tech as opposed to having to. No, we'll have to still have to go to FSA, but we won't have to go to our crop insurance guy and send maps. And I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gave access to yes. an advisor. Yes, we have access to several. Okay, microbes. and so we did that today. And and you know, Chris is Chris is always very careful about, you know, sharing your information and getting it all out there. But Cole and I were very much like, this cuts down our paperwork. We're, you know, let's just get this out there. And, and that way it's there. And, and it's one less paperwork step that we technically have to take on physically ourselves and worry about. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Do you think a lot more families are going through this nowadays, farm families, like where they encourage a young college kid out of college to go get a job, work off the farm. Some of them want them to come back. Some of them don't. They say yeah, this is their way think, of life. You know, I think it's fascinating. I, mm -hmm. I We are so blessed that he gets to come back. And, and I know that every day. And we've had so many people around here, you know, be like, oh, it's so exciting to have him come back home. We're so glad for you. It's so, you know, this is awesome. But, but I've also known some families who, you know, and, and we've had a few people say, well, why didn't he just come straight back out of high school? And, and I go back to the theory, we need a backup plan. There needs to be a plan B because warehouse is going up everywhere, high cash rents. You just never know what's going to happen. And, well, and surely he learned a lot of valuable information. That's going to be helpful. I, I totally 100%. I mean, you know, somebody said, well, anybody, most anybody can put a turbo on a tractor. And that's probably true for most farmers. Like I can't put a turbo on a tractor, but um, I don't know what a turbo in a tractor even is. <laughs> so, but he, he did, he pulled Chris's 8220, um, one of the 8220s in the shop and was going over it to, before he put it on the corn planter. And he's like, yeah, we got a turbo problem. And so we may have caught that may not have, but it's, but we caught it now, got the turbo replaced, um, actually had a hard time getting the right turbo in. And if we'd had to do that mid-season in the field, it would have been a bitch. Mm -hmm. So, oh yeah, every, yeah, this was. It's always good to see what else is out there and how other people do things. So, and, and that's the other thing that he learned so much about, you know, how other farms work when he go out and work on equipment, like, you know we don't all have to be doing the same thing at the same time. We can, you know, you take care of this, you take care of that. And, um, no, it was, it was amazing, but man, I'm glad to have him home. Does he have any plans to start buying any of his own equipment or rent some land? Uh, yeah, he's really looking hard right now into like, you know, 1970s Peterbilt semis and, you know, that kind of crap. But no, um, he, 
so he would like to own some. What we did was we always farmed separate from his parents. Like we always worked together, but we kept two separate sets of books. And um, every farm works completely different. You have to do what's best. And Chris and his dad had done that. When Cole decided to come home, we did form an LLC so that um, everything was together. And and if something would happen to Chris and I, we know who belongs to what. And, and it's it's easier to keep all those pieces of equipment from being just kind of out there in the wilderness, you know, like who owns that? What do we do with that? You know, I own 50% and he owned 50%, but now what do we do? And we just kind of felt like that was the way to go right mm -hmm. now. For That's us. a great testimonial to secession planning. You know what? I don't, you know, everyone thinks, oh, it'll be easy. We'll just do this. You, you it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. It really does. And that was one thing we wanted. That was one thing we hope. And, and I know people with LLCs have problems and there's always something going to come up, but we've been through this way. Now we're going to go a separate way and see what happens. Awesome. So you're so ready for, you're ready for spring. We are. I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I, I tell you what though, he, the deal was when he, when he said, I'm coming home is I'm going to let you keep planting the soybeans, mom, but you're going to uh -huh. back off my combine. And I, I was said, just, I was going to ask, I'm like, who's going to be driving the combine then this fall? No, not me anymore. I'm going back to the grain cart. And I said, that's fine because I really, I, you know, I enjoy planting the soybeans and I, I truly loved, uh, last year getting to plant the crop and harvest what I had yeah. planted and I I really am happy with the fact I know how to run that combine now if I need to and I I, I know what I can listen for if something goes wrong and I know how to generally fix a few things and and do that but no that's you know I love to plant he loves to combine so yeah do you guys still have a seed dealership too uh we do we still sell Stuart seeds okay. Mm -hmm. We don't sell a whole lot. We're not uh, very gung-ho about it, but we do. You were asking earlier about if we're ready for planting. On, I think we're on our way there. My goal this year is to try to plant soybeans earlier than we usually have. So my goal my, is always that. That's my, that's my goal this spring. Um, and Karen I think my dogs disagree. Yeah, Karen <laughs> can talk about that more, but we, we spent years and years, uh, always worried about getting the corn in the ground, getting the corn in the ground. Then, then it's just soybeans. So we'll worry about those later. And when I started planting the soybeans, I said, you know, I've done a little bit of research. So I'd like to start planting that earlier and see what happens and um, start planting a little earlier and cut back population on it. And I'm still working on getting my population cut back because it scares Chris. And then I always think I want to cut back that population. Like right now I'm thinking, yeah, we could cut it back to this and we could do that. And then when I'm in the field, I'm going, now nah, just shove all of it in the ground at once. Mm -hmm. but, so have, um, you, have you ever trying to plant earlier? Have, have you ever run into any problems that certain season? with that strategy or has it always been decent results? You know, the last, God, the last five years, we've probably started planting soybeans the same day we start planting corn. Um, trying to think, Chris would be better at this than I would. Things can go wrong. I mean, they can um, be frozen off if they're up. We, we have had a slight, we have had a slight frost 
and we thought it was going to ding them. But honestly, I say this all the time, soybeans like to be pissed off. It basically pissed them soybeans off and they came back with a vengeance. Um, that would be the only problem we've had. And then um, soybeans can drown out pretty easy. Um, but nothing major. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think we've ever had any major problems. Going early is good, but you still have to be realistic. Right. And when I say early, for me, for us here, that means we start when we start planting corn. Um, not anything ridiculous because like I said, we used to always like, we got to get the corn planter rolling and we got to do this. And then, you know, two weeks later, you're like, all right, now we can think about beans. Now we always either start a day or two ahead of time on soybeans or start the same day as corn. I don't know if you saw this, Jim, but there was someone in central Illinois that planted beans mid-February. I saw oh, I know who he is. Just for How the shit gigs of it. Uh, I saw. He likes update. to stir things up. Because somebody's done that before <sighs> testing the planter, but he really went out and planted soybeans, right? Mm-hmm. How yeah. did how he did, did plant some? Yes, I don't believe they're up. No, how I don't long think in frozen ground will soybeans stay without rotting? Depends on the moisture. So, and how many times they warm and cool, warm and cool. Which. Here in Indiana, I don't know if the soil temperatures changed a ton, but the air itself, we've warmed and cooled several times. Um, what is the soil temp right now? I think I saw 39 somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I do want to say that they have, um, the University Soybean Extensionists have worked with the crop insurance people to get those earlier dates for crop insurance for soybeans mm. moved. So that that's good that that's getting closer to when people want to plant. And I think that's a good thing. And, and that is something we take into consideration when we talk about planting early is you got to watch those crop insurance dates. Cause if you're going to pay crop insurance, pay for crop insurance, you, you don't want to be jacking around. And, you know, you don't need all of them to come up. You just need about 65,000 of them to come up for sure. And then yeah. they can uh, kind of spread themselves out from there but what obviously what if you don't get it in you can't get it started what is your soybean population recommendation now you want to have about a hundred thousand plants come up okay however when you look at plants, um you probably wouldn't replant you might um, add some extra to it but you probably wouldn't replant anything under 65 i mean between 65 and 100 Mm -hmm. um, if you, but it depends, you know, how far apart they are, or if you have really wide open spaces, because obviously if you have wide open spaces, you'd want to put them in there. And the, the theory still is, is that beans will bush out and get thicker, right? Yeah, they'll spread out. So my apologies, the UPS guy has thwarted our podcast here and riled the dogs up. Oh, that's all right. So do you think there is some some credible theory behind the branching out, spreading out, branching out, bushing out more and putting on more beans. Right. Well, if you put in lower populations, up. they will branch out faster also. Uh-huh. So, but I don't sell seeds, so you might have a different. <laughs> no, I, and I don't, I guess I don't, this is the problem we've also had talk about selling seed is, is we have, when I go to some of these meetings, for seed salesmen, 
I I have, which used to be farmers warrior seed salesman. Um, it's not so much that way anymore in my, what I've witnessed, I guess. Um, I have a different view on some of that kind of stuff because I have more of a, more from a farm side of the view than the company side of the view, um, which is a fascinating take actually. I've told Chris that before. Sometimes I attend those meetings and go, I wouldn't, that's, that's not what I think you should do. You know, it's cause it's just. Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's true. It's exactly right. Maybe you're lucky. Maybe we could call you the, the in-between view. That's what we need. That's why I'm an independent agronomist. Independent. I was just going to say ill soy advisor. It's an independent third-party resource. When I was doing Kelsey, a video. just let that cat out of the bag too. <laughs> when I was doing the video um, for, we were doing a winter meeting events video. And one of the questions was, why do you want third-party information? Because, and everyone had the same answer. answer. They said, I don't want a product behind it. I just want the information yeah. with no goal to sell me something. And it's, it's, it's you right. have a hard time finding it nowadays. That's right. When we started, it was just after they kind of decimated the university crop educators in the state of Illinois. So we kind of filled that niche pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, that's what we've kind of, that was how we kind of made our company. Jen, where do you like to get information from when it comes to agronomy? Uh, Chris Campbell. Chris Campbell. No, I actually text Karen quite a bit. I'm, I'm one of her, her customers who annoys her and I'm not really been a customer. Um, Chris is an endless source of knowledge. I, and if he hears this, I don't know if he will or not, but he'll probably get a big head, but he really <laughs> is. I mean, that is Chris, Chris reads everything and soaks it all in. Um, if Chris follows you on Twitter, he's read every tweet you've ever made. Um, literally, I don't know where he finds the time for this, but he he reads his entire timeline. Like he just can't, like I just scroll, you know? He has to read every tweet. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's a researcher and he- well, maybe he doesn't follow that many people. Oh, he does. Maybe he's, oh, he does. I was gonna say maybe he's- God have mercy, he does, he yes. Follows. Um, and he just, and Chris, and then I've got Karen and then I've got, um, Casey, my daughter. Um, she is, um, working on her master's in agronomy and hmm. if you want to talk soil, she's the one you want to talk to. Um, yeah, those three, I don't, I'm not a, I is like she to still work in full-time too. Yeah. Yep. She, I, I I listen to bits and pieces and then I, I'll write stuff down and then once in a while I'll sit down and be like, okay, I heard this, like the bushing out of the soybeans. We've talked about that before, Karen. And so I'll do a little research on it or cutting back um, population or, you know, anything like that. I just, I don't know. I, I also am one of those people who will see something fly across my screen and I'll be like, oh shit. And so I'll make a mental note of it and then have to look it up later. Like, Yesterday sometime, I, I, I love Tylenol PM. Does anybody else take Tylenol PM? <laughs> love that shit. Anyway, the sleeping- Please sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, the, the sleeping part of that is Benadryl 
something flashed across my Facebook the other day that said um, overuse of Benadryl causes dementia. So what? yeah, right? And so I don't know if it's true or not, but last night I didn't take my Tylenol PM and I laid awake all night. So right now I'm struggling with, do I want to sleep and suffer dementia early or not? <laughs> and so you probably well, didn't get any sleep after thinking about that. I didn't take the Tylenol PM and then I was like, oh God. So I'm trying to decide. I may just, I may just go in for early dementia and take my Tylenol PM. I don't even know. So that's how I process information. Mm -hmm. I panic a little bit and then I do a little research. And I'd say my ADD is getting bad. Like my attention span, like all I, I, it has to be short these days. I can't read something that's too long or I just lose interest. And when we were doing the soy envoy training about a month ago um, with our class this year, they asked me, they're like, well, what, like, how long do you recommend a video is? And I said, well, long enough to keep someone's attention. There are podcasts out there that are an hour long that I will listen to the entire time. Maybe I can't sit in one time and listen the whole hour. Like maybe I'll listen 20 minutes here and 20 minutes, like the next day while I'm in the truck or something like that. But that's what I tell people has to be compelling information, um, whether that's reading, watching or listening. And I agree. And I, I have found, I don't have an attention span. I have, uh, every now and then I'll watch Instagram stories or, or, um, Facebook stories or reels or whatever the freak they got going on now. And, um, some people just go, okay. And then they, they don't stutter, but they kind of take forever to tell a story. And then they're like, it takes okay, forever to get to the point. And, and, and kind of like I'm doing now. And I'm like, I'm done. I can't, if I can't process what you're saying in three minutes, I'm out. Yeah. Unless it's compelling, like you say, and they hold my attention the whole time. It's that stop and, you know, say, um, and I don't have time for that. No, thanks. thanks. Do you ever like speed it up to listen to it? I have never done that. I, I always forget about that until someone reminds me like right now, but there's usually for every word that is important to what they're doing, there's like eight words that are useless. I don't need it. Cut out the useless crap. I had a class last fall and I a lot of it was kind of some droning on and I was like, uh, how fast can I listen to this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And still get what they're saying. I agree. Mm-hmm. I think if you have to say six words for every important word, it's stupid, <laughs> but I don't have much patience. I'm a very impatient person. Same, same, same. So Karen, going back to planting, is there anything from your agronomist point, independent agronomist, agronomist point of view to keep in mind as we look towards. You know, soil conditions are key. You know, if you plant in crappy soil, you're going to get a crappy stand and you can't overcome that in a lot of cases. So make sure the soil is fit when you plant. And if it's a little early, that's okay. The soil being fit is what you're the main factor that you're looking for. Okay. So 
I'm not the smartest person. When you say fit, I'm assuming you mean temperature wise and moisture wise and what else we got. Don't mud it in. That's what I'm telling you. Don't mud it in. Okay. Yeah. You know, if it's a little bit cold, that's not bad. If it, but you don't want it to be a little bit wet. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, it, it, it's most likely not going to be perfect. So you have to pick your factors, but whatever you do, don't mud it in, especially the corn. Yeah. Soybeans can handle it because soybeans are awesome. Well, they can handle I've, it to an extent, but I know I'm just kidding. I'd like to make a t-shirt. What did you say? Soybeans like to be pissed off. And then I want oh, a yeah. soybean that's pissed off. Soybeans love to be pissed off. I saw maybe, I'll, maybe I'll ask my team if we can. I saw the funniest t-shirt on Twitter the other day. It's uh, it was for cover crops and it said, there's something good happening underneath the covers. Oh, that's <laughs> neat. I like that. Of course I did catch my nine-year-old wearing my G- Ho- GMOs before hose shirt the other day. To school? <laughs> no, luckily she was just wearing it to bed, but I was like, uh, don't leave the house with that shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's true. I mean, you might as well spread the word. We do have some good ideas for some t-shirts. I just got to get on and design them. We also want to do baby bean, baby, uh, baby oh, little kid ones. Yeah. Yeah. There's so I've many things you can do with soybeans. I do soybeans are the best crop. Shirt. Yeah. I love graphic tees. I'll work on that. Well, it's been great to catch up with y'all. Um, I hope everyone has a safe planning season. We'll talk to again soon, but many might start to kick off if if the soil is fit. Right. We're looking for we'll fit soil. We'll see. Maybe next time we talk, no one will be out yet. Well, I don't know. Hard telling. It's only March 29th. It's not time to panic yet. <laughs> Although many when do we start yet. panicking? Can you tell us, Agronist? Let's wait till May before we panic. I was going to yeah. say May 1st. As long as we got a goal. No, and that's May... for soybeans. Corn, you can still get some pretty darn good corn later than that. So isn't May 1st, May Day? So it's May Day. That's when you start panic. May Day is May Day. All right. All right. I got to get back to painting. I got to go pick up my kids. All right, girls. Sounds good. See you later. We'll talk. Thank you all. Bye.